The following podcast is played by adults and uses adult language. You have been warned. If you plan to play The Wild Beyond the Witchlight, a fey wild adventure, and do not want spoilers, please do not listen any further. Hasbro Incorporated and Wizards of the Coast own the rights to Dungeons and Dragons as well as The Wild Beyond the Witchlight, a fey wild adventure. Please support the official game. When last we left our heroes, you guys had a quick encounter, a, a chase with Kenku, who was causing a ruckus all over the Witchlight Carnival. This particular troublemaker revealed themselves to be a patron of Zelbina, who was making trouble so that way she could talk to Mr. Witch and Mr. Light, but they weren't having it for some reason. It was then later revealed that Kettlesteam had stolen the voice of uh, Candlefoot. Wow, that's there's a lot of... There's a lot of weird names in this game. And you guys convinced and intimidated Kettlesteam into releasing his voice, even to go apologize. But it became kind of hard to do considering Kettlesteam couldn't properly speak because Kenkus are fun like that. You went through the Hall of Illusions whilst trying to help a guy who fumbled on his wedding proposal. You did get all the information you needed to enact a heist on Mr. Witch, getting his pocket watch that he is very fond of. He and Mr. Light decided that it was time to give you guys all the information they had about their connection to Prismere, the Feywild, and Zelbina. And not only that, they gave you the password to enter through the mirror to land in Prismere. And you guys stepped through a giant mirror that turned into black smoke and had all walked through. And that is where we left off. You all kind of make your way through to what you might be expecting from something like the Feywild is like bright lights and maybe perfect weather, kaleidoscopic, psychedelic visual imagery. But in reality, what you guys land in is a bit more swamp-like. You stand on the edge of a raised and broken causeway under a hazy twilight sky. The causeway which is built from pale stones that glow faintly from within, towers over the surrounding landscape. Large sections have crumbled away. The parts that remain in place are separated by large gaps where portions have collapsed. Fog-shrouded swamp spreads out below you in all directions. Up from the muck wafts the smell of rotting plants. Also rising from the swamp is the music of nature, a discordant symphony of croaking frogs and singing birds. Ellie is, like, super excited looking at everything. As a cow flies overhead. What was that? Sorry, my chair is very old. It creaks. <laughs> I, was, I just thought of Twister. Cow! Sorry, I haven't put WD-40 on it in a while, so... <laughs> You're good. Just kind of funny. I mean, we can put that in. A cow oh, did no, fly I'm, I'm cow. Loot. Yeah, you know, it is the uh, it is the Feywild. Who, know, who knows what's, what's going to happen here? Bumble kind of sits there with his jaw... I, I would say about halfway to the floor... He's like, he's very surprised to finally be in the Feywild, but at the same time, based on how he described it, it's a little bit different than he envisioned. So he's like, whoa, <laughs> hold on a second, I need, I need to process. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I forget if you said it, does it kind of like smell swampy as well? Yeah, there's a smell of muck and rotting plants coming from beneath the causeway where you currently are standing. 
Lorelai's also, like Ellie, she's still just looking around super excited to be here. And she's like, it's a little smellier than I thought it would be, but it's still really cool. Chess, Chess just kind of looks around with like a, uh, almost like a pout on his face, and he's just like, hmm. There's no way the Cupcake Queen lives here. Mm -mm, nope. On a scale of 1 to 10, how bad is the smell? Present, considering if you guys look off the side of the causeway, you're standing at least 100 feet above the swamp. Um, yeah. So, like, it's it's not particularly overwhelming, but you still catch, like, whiffs of it every so often. Okay, because I know that I have the keen smell from my Loxodon, so I was like... How bad would he be getting the stench? You're sitting at about where everybody else might be sitting at a one. Bamuth is probably sitting at like a four, leaning on a five. We have to um go down there. I was gonna go fly over the edge, look down. You look down, and the descent itself is a hundred feet. So it would take you a little while to head down and come back up. Well, I don't think we're going that way. Unless you have a really long rope. Bamos begins looking through his bag to find a rope, but he pulls out 50 feet. I, I pull out 50 feet of uh, floss. <laughs> that could work. I have a rope, too. Hey, thank God. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, say I have rope. Strike, I don't think the tensile strike, the floss, is going to be able to hold a freaking woolly mammoth. But, but no, no, hear me out. Spider string. <laughs> is incredibly, incredibly strong. I think that we should try it. But is that floss a spider silk <laughs> Let me double check. I, I look at Ellie, like, hopeful. Also, uh, can can I gauge how far the distance is between the edge of the part of the causeway we're on to the next part across? The next part across is probably closer to like two, three miles. It is not close. Oh, wow, that is... Not like 30 feet? You're talking about, like, that, that part over there? Yeah. No, it is not 30 feet. That is... Like, this map is supposed to be huge. That that puts um, into perspective how big the map is. Okay, cool. Uh, let me see if I... Did they map this out properly? Yeah. Excuse me, it's six miles. So keep that in mind moving forward, as uh, this map is not as small as it might seem. So I have hemp and rope. Uh, actually, let me let me save you a little bit of technical know-how here. Ellie, go ahead and do a perception check. Well, <laughs> I'm looking in my bag. <laughs> yeah, you're, you, I was gonna say, you know, I'm gonna give you advantage, only because like you had gone down there and wouldn't think to look. When you went down and maybe on your way back up, maybe there's. It's hard to be sure but it looks like there is, like, handholds that people might be able to use. Or you could use a rope. Uh, as soon as I see it, I'll be like, oh, oh, oh look, 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 handholds for big hands. Sure enough, as you guys look down, you see, like, divots in the sides of the archway that look like they could lead down to the surface. Oh, nice job. I would not have seen those. Who's bad at climbing? I'm pretty good at climbing, but I think that 
we should probably still be safe. And I kind of pull out the rope and I'm going to look for a place to tie it. Kind of, I guess, rock climber style in a way where if we fall, it can still catch us. Sure. You're looking for like, like an anchor point. And I would say that there's like there's some debris on the causeway you're currently standing on. But there's like one big boulder that looks like it could probably like if you wrapped it around could probably fit y'all. You can shimmy down that way. Um, Before we do, is there anything else like looking up and down on this? like walkway of interest like let me let me reread this to myself real quick well we're okay. a tiny fairy a uh, fey wild elf a giant mammoth and a purple cat i'm pretty sure we're interesting yeah you're the you're, you are at present the most interesting thing on this very almost eerily empty causeway well to be fair it's broken i'm not sure a lot of people are using it that is that's you know what can't fault that logic <laughs> Still, for the Feywild, this seems very empty. Yeah, this is not where I'm from. Well, I don't remember much, so... Wait, you're from the Feywilds, too? Not from? Pretty sure I've been here. Not here. Maybe. Somewhere in here. (laughs) For a while, but I don't really remember much of it. I am going to start wrapping my rope around the boulder. Okay. He's going to kind of turn to the others afterwards. He's like... Does anybody else have any more rope? Just so we can be extra safe while we're going down. Yeah, I'll give him my my 50 feet of rope, too. Okay. I was also... Oh. I was going to say, I was also going to offer my EV to it. I was also going to just say, I mean, if I start falling, I can sort of teleport myself a little bit. Or maybe if someone starts falling close to me, I might be able to teleport them too. I have an idea. Ellie's going to make a lasso out of her rope, just in case. Okay. And maybe you should go first. (laughs) Lorelai, maybe you should go first. I'll be right with you, though. Or maybe I can hang out about, like, 30 feet away from the ground and, like, wait for everyone else to come by. So if they fall, (laughs) I can hit them. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah. Teleport, like, one person. Because I'm assuming that it was probably, like, spring back in the other plane. So, yeah, it's a little, like, seasonal feature, depending on the season that she's in. To teleport other people with her Misty Step. I believe Misty Step is self. Yeah, there's, like, Eladrin features, depending on which seasonal state you're in. Okay. So there's an extra little thing you can do with it. So for spring, you can teleport yourself or you can teleport one other willing creature. Okay. All right, cool. That's this is this is a great plan. It sounds like the the idea is Bamuth wraps the boulder, Ellie goes down first with Lorelai in case anybody falls, Lorelai can misty step a person so they don't go splat. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah. I think so. And then Bamuth is going to offer the rope to anybody who wants to use it, like either tie it around like their waist, or I don't know if their wrist would be the best idea if you fall. You might lose an arm that way, but, you know, it'll catch you still. God, how dark do you expect this campaign to go? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but... <laughs> that is a good question, though. How dark is it, though? Like, not ambiance, but it's... actual, like, daytime, nighttime. <laughs> you're You're in daytime. There is the mist, kind of keeping everything kind of obscured. Uh, though, it's it's like what it's what you see here in the picture, where there's like there are pockets of it everywhere, but there are openings too. And you guys 
from where you're currently standing, which is a hundred feet above everything else, you're able to see the locations. That's uh, that's more for player reference and uh, DM reference. So you guys can be like, I want to go towards the the this thing. So, well, what's the this thing? And this Lanty Tower. There we go. Okay, that makes perfect sense. I understand what you're saying now. I, I don't actually <laughs> see any names. Don't you? I don't either. Really? Yeah. So. Oh. Is that really? a thing I can? Oh, <laughs> neat. Okay, that's something I control. I didn't know that. Yeah, even up here, it doesn't say anything. <laughs> oh, well, hang on. I can do this. And we're going to add this to... Oop. I like to imagine that's like now embossed in it on the causeway. Well, um, what, why is there suddenly big letters here? <laughs> so, I'm wrapping around the W. What the hell? <laughs> w for what? <laughs> Who wants to go... First, Bamu says he kind of peers over the edge. I'll go first. Bamu, do you look like you're like plugging your nose? Um, not yet. You can tell that my nose is kind of scrunched up a little bit, but as I go down, it's probably going to get worse. Okay, I was going to try and find some like cotton balls or something to stick up your nose, but I don't think I have anything. <laughs> I was also going to ask that if he was like holding his nose because I was going to take like some like roses some lavender or whatever from my hair and like give it to him to like stuff in his nose. Smell the flowers. <laughs> so Ellie will be looking through her bag and like thinking like, you know, she'll stop and be like, think, think, you know, kind of go through the bag. Perfect. I imagine her doing that and then she looks at my hair and then just starts grabbing flowers. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. I'll do that. I'll be like, can I? And then as I'm asking, can I, I'm taking it. Yeah. Just like a child would. <laughs> Here, Bamuth, stick this up your nose. Oh, thank you. This is... Bamuth, like, very hastily just shoves them into his trunk and takes a deep breath in. <laughs> kind of chokes for a second before he gets his, gets his bearings. Like, okay, I, I think I'm I think I'm good to go. Let's go down. I don't know if this is accurate, but I think I'm always going to think of Bamuth as, like, a Disney animated elephant. <laughs> uh, honestly, not far off. It... You know what? I'm with Chad on this one because I was thinking Apu from uh, Aladdin when he becomes the elephant. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking of the elephant from Tarzan. <laughs> oh, uh, Chad. Chantor? Yeah. Sure. Is that his name? Chantor? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, there's... Uh, there's. Uh, I, you said Tarzan, but my brain went George of the Jungle. Oh, yeah. Common misconception. Yeah, you know? I was going to say, just imagine that mashed with Kronk and... You got you got Bamuth pretty much. <laughs> I'm I'm so okay with it. So after this campaign, can we run a campaign where we all just run Disney characters? The correct answer is always yes. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone needs to be Brendan Fraser. Oh, Gibbs. <laughs> right, Caitlin, you could have a lot from my plate. I will fight to be Brendan Fraser. Okay. <laughs> I'll be a different Brendan Fraser. You can be George <laughs> of the Jungle, and then I'll be O'Connell. <laughs> No, fuck that. No, I, I am O'Connell. <laughs> <laughs> no. Why don't you be Encino, man? It's really funny because I was really hoping she wasn't going to say O'Connell so I could claim O'Connell too. We all want to be O'Connell. Listen, we all want to be O'Connell. <laughs> oh, God, I'm keeping this in. My God. The one thing this group all agrees on, we all want to be Brendan Fraser O'Connell. Yes! 
I forgot his name, but how about from Blast from the Past? I'll be that guy. Oh my god. There's also like, what's it called? Bedazzle? What's, what's it called? Bedazzle. Oh yeah, Bedazzle. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we play, you roll a percentage to see what you are today. Yeah. Yeah. What did the devil make you into? Oh god. Okay, you all right. You have to play let's, a warlock. Let's, let's get this train back on track, shall we? Before it gets derailed. Lorelai, because of the pre-existing handholds, and your precautions, you actually don't need to make any checks. The descent down is a little a little frightening at times, but you have every so often you have like you have little divots in in the archway as well as like mushrooms, giant mushroom tops to kind of like balance yourself on and work your way down the swamp floor. Other than like the rope tensing every so often, it's not such a shabby descent. Before Chess starts his descent, he's going to go through a very long, drawn-out uh, stretching program, like <laughs> like calisthenics, and then he is going to descend claws. rather quickly because he has he has cat's claws. Because of the precautions and because of the handholds, I have no precautions. Fair. There is no rope on um, me. There are no strings on me. Hey, what? Who has the highest passive perception? Uh, uh let me check. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look. I have a ten. Passive okay. uh, 13. Okay. 12. Ah. Hold up. There we go. Wow. So tis I. Okay. That's when you hit the ground floor while chess is mid-descent. In the distant sky, you actually spot a great balloon made of patchwork material. It spins out of control as though punctured, causing the wicker basket that hangs from it to swing wildly. The balloon plunges out of sight, disappearing into the fog approximately a mile away. As it passes over the cause, I imagine like its descent is like this. So like as it as it passes by overhead, you can faintly hear. Oh, hang on, I'm trying to see what Discord will pick up. Oh, great heavens! Very faintly. Oh no! We got someone in trouble down here somewhere off yonder. Bamuth, since I guess he's the last one, is just gonna wrap the rope around his waist and he's gonna start scaling down. Okay. I'm ready with my lasso. And again, because you guys planned ahead and had equipment, there are no checks to make. You guys all safely make your way to the bottom of the causeway. Valmuth is going to try to pull the rope free if he can, so we can try to get our rope back. Make a strength check. It's going to be a high DC. Question. Uh, strength check. That is a 15. Um, Ellie, you kind of... Wait, pause. Ellie can fly, right? Yeah, I was going to see if he... Since he came up with the idea, I was going to see if it works. If not, then I was going to offer. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, forgive me for being efficient. <laughs> so, uh, the results... Bahamuth, you... Uh, Bahamuth, excuse me. You do that thing that literally everybody programmed, everybody alive is programmed to do. You grab the rope and you kind of do that flick motion and you watch as the ripple goes most of the way up the 100 feet, but eventually like loses momentum and stops like about a, almost a quarter of the way up. Oh, or a quarter of the way there. Okay. I'll get Thank it. You. So I'll fly on up, undo it, and then I'll, uh, I'm just going to say it. I don't know if there's bombs, but I think there is. I'll just say bombs away as I let the rope go. Sure. Do artificers so exist in this universe? Yeah. There are bombs. Okay. 
So I'll say that. Well, I mean, I, I fly, so I, technically if you give me some sort of a, you know, grenade or something, I could be a bomber. Oh my god. A stealth, oh, that... a stealth bomber, yes. We'll, we'll introduce the, the derailing the DM's plans uh, later. <laughs> but for now, and for funsies, make a dexterity saving throw. Alright, let's see. Great, I'm gonna kill oh, my best friend, great. but with a rope. <laughs> uh, that's a four. Um, you just get plowed and you're like, oh, I got it. And you're like, you hold your face out or you hold your, your hands out to like grab it. And it just kind of like wuds in your face. You just get a full clump of hundred feet of rope slapping into your face. Oh, that hurt. Yeah, oh. you take no damage, but you're a little embarrassed. Oh, kind of scratches his head. As you are beginning to become accustomed to the terrain, you realize that the ground itself is super rich with water and muck. And you can't, well, because of the amount of mud, it's kind of actually difficult to see the bottom of where you guys are stepping. It's going up to your ankles, at the very least. Do we have trouble moving around? Do... Uh, Bamuth, do you, do you need more flowers for your nose now that you're down here? Bamuth is going to take, like, a big sniff in without completely inhaling the flowers and see if he detects any stench. So, the, the stench itself is mild at best. It's not like... You're not, like, stepping in sewage, right? You're stepping in in muddy water. So, like, at, at absolute worst, like, the smell of rotting plants. So it's very, very heavily earthy. So it's not super disgusting. It's about... I'm trying to think of a good way to describe it. I mean, like, we've all been to a lake. We all know what a lake smells like. Kind of like that, but it's a little bit more organic, a little bit more smelly. So you're not like gagging on anything, but there's definitely a smell. Okay, I think then Bamuth will kind of blow out the flowers. <laughs> oh, that was mildly uncomfortable having it that far in my trunk, but um, no, it's not too bad. It's quite similar to home, actually. <laughs> Still a little bit smelly, though. As Bahamut shoots the flowers out of his nose, making like that that heavy noise of just like <laughs> like everybody everybody knows what clearing a snot rocket sounds like. That's how I imagine it sounding, except it's just flowers. And um, the elephant like horn, yeah. <laughs> you catch a, a crane, the bird, not the uh, mechanical instrument. Thank you for um, <laughs> you're welcome. Kind of gets scared off by this noise and takes flight off in the fog. Sticky mud squelches beneath your feet. Tangled mangroves grow out of pools of rippling water, half hidden in the thick fog. Purple mushrooms cling to rotting logs, stumps scattered throughout the marsh. Crickets glow like fireflies, chirp serenely before they are they're snatched out of the air by the tongues of hungry frogs. Coming from one direction, you guys hear several voices joined in a marching song. The singing grows louder and louder as six bipedal rabbits wearing clothing emerge from the fog. Two of them tug on the reins of a giant snail, and the others carry clubs and slings. With sticks and stones, we'll break your nose. We'll beat you blind and steal your clothes. 
Banana mangas can't compare to one Wiley Swift and stand-up hair. Scarf that's glorious. Beef notorious. His deeds are truly notorious. With, With a, a wink and a grin, he'll show you his cunning. A flash of a scarf and I'll take off running. Quick as a bolt, his long scarf trailing. Gasping, grasping, you'll end up flailing. You'll mow, you'll huff, you'll sneer. Thanks to acting long scarf, friggin' Prince of Prismere! Might have to re-record that at some point, I think. Nope. As we all take Derek karaokeing is what I suggest. No, I look. I am not legally allowed to sing in most states. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> These creatures do come out of the fog, and they are now upon you. I was gonna hide. Okay. As soon as they said we're gonna break your bones or whatever, I'll be like, oh, and dive behind um, a mushroom or something. I, uh, I'm, I'm just gonna, like, I, I watch as Ellie hides, but I just look at her in confusion at what she's hiding from exactly. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you don't understand this, me and my, me in this place, not always the best, uh, memories. <laughs> Bamut kind of just looks at them confused and does, like, the puppy dog, like, head tilt. That's a fair response, um. honestly. I was just gonna say, yeah, I don't hide. Oh, I'm just. Lorelai is fascinated by the rabbit people singing about breaking bones. Okay. And she finds them oddly adorable, even though they're also threatening. <laughs> we're threatening to beat you up, but also we're we're too hard to dislike. Okay, so all along with the song. <laughs> no matter how terrible it is, uh, um, everybody but Ellie is standing out in the open. Yes, I believe so. Okay. One of the rabbit people comes up to you. All the other rabbit people pull out slings and other weapons. But one comes to you and they go, This is a robbery. If you resist, we'll beat you black and blue. Don't you mean a robbery? A robbery. How tall are these, Heron Gone? They are considered medium. I think it can be either, like medium or small. I'm going to call them medium. I think in the book, I think they were medium. Do you, is there like... Feet-wise, how tall are they? believe medium is between four to, uh, four to five feet. Well, four to six. I think medium is between, like, let's... four to eight. Like, you can be seven foot and still be a medium creature. Yeah, because I was going to say, I I think me as a Loxodon, I'm eight feet tall, but I for mechanics purposes, I'm counted as medium. So I'm curious as to, like, where he scales up on me, I guess. Um, Are they on the smaller side of medium or the taller side of medium? Let's go with the smaller side. So we're going, we're going four to uh, four to five feet. This so, one in so particular this, will be four feet. So how how close is this heron gone to me? I would say there's at least a solid ten feet between you. Belmuth kind of looks at the others, just questioning what he should do here. <laughs> should I punch him? <laughs> Um, Bamboth, if nobody else does anything, Bamboth will walk up to the Herongon, and he's gonna just try to pick him up by the ears and, like, bring him up to high level. The, uh, as you, like, start to walk forward, they do get a little bit more hostile. Stop right there! I'm gonna stealth around to one that seems a little bit away from the others and pickpocket them. Uh, I need you to roll a stealth check. 24! And let's see. They said it was a robbery, so I'm not going to prove them wrong. <laughs> nice. 
you catch this, you catch sight of one who isn't paying very much attention, and you go in, you start to go into his pocket, but they proceed to the uh, the one behind him sees you going into his pocket with the natural twenty, shoes you back a little bit. Hey, we do the robin round here again. You didn't specify the rules. Again, don't you mean a um, robin? Because you're because you're rabbits. Get back over there. My friends, you're missing out. On that? A, you're f- missing out on a lot of really good puns for your vocation, and I just, I, I feel like you're not seeing the opportunities you have in front of you. I'm just saying, I'm reductive. This again. Really, hair brain operation you got going on here. Oh, oh my God! I might just throw you guys in combat just for that. <laughs> no, Bamuth. Just go trying to. I'm looking through my abilities, and I noticed that I have advantage on saving throws against being charmed or frightened. And I don't think that a mammoth would be afraid of rabbits, so he's just gonna keep walking towards like the one who is closest to us. Question: Would you be and he's afraid gonna if try? They were nice? He would be afraid if they were nice, but since they're hostile, he's just kind of like just you know going about his business. He's he is going to try to grab him by the ears and just lift him up. <laughs> We're going to have ourselves our first bit of combat. Go ahead and put yourselves on the map. Okay, first up is this fella here. He's going to be like, Stay back! And he's going to uh, use his sling at Mammoth. Uh, does a 17 hit? A 17 definitely hits, yeah. Go ahead and take five points of bludgeoning as you get nailed directly in between the eyes with a slingshot. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh. Okay, next up we have Chess. Yes. Yes, indeed. So which one attacked? Bamos? Um Yeah, Bamo. This boy here. I'm going to move up here. Kind of like, kind of after seeing, after seeing him pelt my friend in the head, I'm going to do that like old cartoony thing where like I push up the sleeves of my suit and I'm just like now listen here you that wasn't very funny at all and then I'm going to point it in my cane and, and I'm going to say but your face is hilarious and I'm going to cast cautious hideous laughter on him well so you say that to this guy and he's like I you know you know it's funny you mention that I, I, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and he starts just busting up laughing you have successfully caused this man to laugh at his own face. All right, so you did a or you did a movement action, major action by causing this man to laugh himself to kind of almost scary <laughs> uh, disability. Do you have a bonus action or anything else you'd like to do? Yes, I do have a bonus action, assuming. Oh, do you? I do. I, indeed. Uh, maybe. It kind of depends on. Okay, Bamuth is like two people up. I'm, so after I get this guy to start laughing at himself, I'm going to point to Bamuth and I'm going to be like, And you, my tall friend, don't let them make fun of you. And you now have Bardic Inspiration on your next attack roll. Yay! Thank you. So uh, Very plus nice. D6. Ooh. Well, I just uh, corrected my health because you said a five. And for some reason, I put in 15 instead of 12. So oh. <laughs> I, I think my brain was just like, oh, yeah, five. So, you know, it's, 15 has a five in there. I apologize. It's fixed now. No problem. Uh, anything else, Chad? No, that is all the actions that I have. Copy. It's going to be this one's turn. He's going to see what's going on. He's going to drop the reins on the giant snail and... Ah, sorry, didn't mean to do that. Okay, no worries. I'm trying to figure out how to collapse my thing. <laughs> he should be able to come here with 30 feet. He's going to be like, I, oh, what? I don't know what you're doing here, but I don't like it. And he's gonna he's gonna throw a sling at you, Chess. Rude. 
I'm assuming a nine does not hit. Yeah, that's probably correct, but I also have to check. Yeah, yeah, my okay. is higher than that. You watch as their tricks have become kind of old hat to you at this point. I, I imagine Chess just grabs his top hat over his head and like kind of ducks uh, out of the way of this big ass rock, oh, like making a big show of how terrible his shot was. I, I do. I Yes, I really like that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I understand your character. <laughs> That's going to be the end of his turn because he doesn't really have much. Bamuth, you've been pelted in the nose. Bamuth is going to approach this Heron gun that he's going for before. And at this point, he's getting a little bit agitated with these small rabbits messing with him and his friends. I don't think I've ever mentioned this before, but he has a quarter staff that I'm going to flavor as like a barbell with no weights on it. <laughs> Perfect. Jesus. And so he just takes it off his back, two-handed, and he's just going to bonk this Heron gun on the head with it. All right, and I've got inspiration on this attack roll. Alrighty, that is going to be a 21 to hit. You know, just barely. Just barely. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I'm teasing. You, you went above and beyond. Sweet. Okay. And this Heron gun takes... 10 damage as I just crack him in the head with this, the end of this barbell. Oh my god. So you have this, <laughs> just set the scene. Bahamuth walks up to the one who's who's demanding that the robbery take place. I imagine he's like fully silhouetted against the, the sun breaking through the mist. And he just pulls out a bar, uh, just a barbell. The the Haragon just looks up to you and goes, this is a robbery. And you just, you collapse it under his own weight as uh, he falls unconscious. Mistakes were made. Your mistakes were made. You did his entire health. Oh my God. Okay. And just, I just, I just envision this, like, the one scene from Kong Skull Island all the helicopters, like, approaching Kong and he's standing, like, in front of the sun. Exactly! <laughs> Except instead of an ape, it's an elephant. Bamuth is going to continue his reign of terror. He's gonna charge up to this one and do his flurry of blows as a bonus action and just begin pummeling him as he releases, like, an elephant war cry. Just a massive trumpeting sound. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the first attack is going to be a 15. 15 hits. And the second attack is going to be a 12. Well, we'll miss. So go ahead and just roll damage for the first one. Gotcha. Okay. And that is going to be six damage. Not bad. The one watching it, its boss just kind of collapses. It's just like, oh, God. Um, and is stunned by the first attack, but is able to kind of, is able to recompose himself uh, and dodge the second attack. But he's got, he's got like blood running down his nose. Anything else? No, I think that's all that I can do. Bamuth is just seeing red now, though. <laughs> sure. Ellie, you're up. Okay. I'm going to fly to here. And as I'm flying, I'm going to say, something that is right. Chad, don't make fun of me. No sausage in mash for you, eh? Uh, using Thieves Cant at them. Okay. As I shoot this one. I'm just seeing if any of them maybe understand it. Let me double check. I don't think so. Nope. Fakers! You're in Thieves! 22 is going to hit. So you rolled 1d6 and you rolled a 1, plus negative 1 because of your strength. So you rolled 0. Do I get sneak attacked? <laughs> because you're kind of like out in the open, and you've kind of you kind of shouted at them. No, I don't think you get sneak attack. <laughs> I I appreciate the attempt. Well, I wasn't I, sure what the how that happens. Well, it's like the arrow hit him, but it's like a toothpick, so it didn't really do that much. Yeah, Precisely. I didn't put enough. I didn't put enough. You know, I didn't pull back far enough. So that Ellie, you like 
for you, it's like Rambo. You just like your biceps ripple as you let loose this this instrument of destruction that goes flying through the air and just beep. Links off of the Haragon, who kind of like doesn't even recognize that you hit him. He just like kind of like flicks his neck or something. Oh, maybe I confused him with my speech. It's like a, it's like getting bit by a mosquito. Precisely. It's like what? Anything else, Ellie? Um, no, I think that's all I can do. Be that. The leader's down, so it's the giant snail's turn. See, I don't think he can do much. Um, in fact, he's gonna stay back here. And then he's going to retreat into his shell. That's what he's gonna do. Oh my god, I love this snail. <laughs> can we keep him? We are going to take this snail. We're robbing you. That's Lorelai's plan. She wants this snail as a friend. This guy's gonna run over here, and he's going to take a pot shot. This is how I like to make things random and fair. I need Chess, Ellie, and Lorelai to put numbers one through four of your choice in the chat, and I will roll a d4 to determine who he's gonna aim at. Either Chad or uh, either Chess or Lorelai need to uh, repick. Two. Okay. One. That's a three. Okay. So he's gonna aim for Ellie. Yay. That's a fifteen hit. Yes. Okay, take five bludgeoning damage. Ouch. As uh, a ch- What is the equivalent to you? A giant boulder goes hurtling through the air and smashes you in the face. Okay. Lorelai, it is your turn. Uh, she's gonna... I'm gonna move her. Okay. And as she's uh, moving over there, she'll be like, Hey, okay, I think this has gotten adorably out of hand. Maybe everyone needs to calm down, but as she's walking over there, she's gonna let, like, her, not her facade, but kind of let the fey wild magic kind of flow within her, and she's gonna show her, her form's gonna kind of change to her spring Eladrin look as she's, like, connecting with the fey wild magic again. She's going to summon her wildfire spirit. Okay. Yo, wildfire druid! It's gonna be within 30 feet, so, so like, there. And it takes the form of, it looks like a displacer beast kitten made of blue fire with yellow flame eyes and like a yellow core and it's got the little like six legs and little tendrils whipping and uh when uh when the spirit appears each creature within 10 feet of the spirit has to succeed on a dexterity saving throw against my spell save dc or take 2d6 fire damage oh dang okay uh what is the spell save dc 12. Okay. All right, go ahead and roll that damage. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Only three. As the fiery kitty weapons comes out, the Haragod just kind of doesn't know exactly what to make of it and kind of like gets his face up in there. He's like, what is that? Boom. And he gets hit in the face with uh, fire and he's able to pat himself out. But now he's got a little bit of char on his face. So I say like Lorelai now, she looks, her hair is turned like a dark foresty green and her skin tone is just like slightly more like pinky like it's warmed a little bit from her normal pale you see like green coloring kind of speckling in around like the hairline around her face and cheekbones and ears and stuff and on various parts of her body and her eyes are like a really really bright green and like kind of shimmery looks very fey like right on okay action and then I, I think the spirit can take an action Okay. Okay, so yeah, I use a, a bonus action to tell it to, to do something. Okay. So it'll do, I guess it'll, I'll have it do the, the flame seed. So it's gonna 
try and shoot out a little seed of flame. I'm going to say it shoots out from, like, one of the tendrils. Okay, going straight up Bulbasaur. I like it. So I have to make a ranged weapon attack. Okay, 19 plus... You hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a 23. So it'd be 1d6 plus a proficiency bonus fire damage. Okay. Seven. You watch as your itty bitty kitty whippens. His first action in, uh, in this reality is to whip a seed directly at this Haragon. The seed lands in his uh, in his little scarf and just emulates and catches fire. He just starts to pat himself out. He eventually goes back flat onto the ground with a little bit of smoke rising from him. Sorry. Any other murder you'd like to attempt? No, I think that's all. I think I've used uh, all of my movement, so I can't really go anywhere else. So, yeah. Okay. Unless the cat has movement. It should, but it wouldn't be able to act on this turn. Yeah. So I'll just leave it. Okay. If there's nothing else, that'll be the other Haragon's turn. The one in front of uh, Bahamuth. And he's going to whip out a club and attempt to bonk you. Uh-oh. Uh, that's a soft 20. Yeah, no, that hits. <laughs> Take three bludgeoning damage. Not as bad as I expected. Uh, well, I mean, these are meant for level twos, so. True. The, the fact that you hit him for 10 is kind of impressive. Okay, and then the one behind the hiding snail's turn, he's going to stay there and actually kind of use the snail to his advantage and use it as kind of like a form of cover. Ellie, Chess, Lorelei, numbers one through four in the chat, please. He rolled a one, so I was going to. Damn it! Ellie. I'm sorry. I'm trying to make it fair. <laughs> they just see the fairy and they're like, yep, that one. <laughs> kill the fairy, kill the fairy, natural 20. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Take 11 bludgeoning damage. I fall to the ground. Uh-oh. Well, I thought it was a good character. <laughs> I'm at zero. I'm not dead. So, <laughs> just, that's exactly right. You, you are currently uh, unconscious. You are not dead. Yeah. Unbeknownst to the rest of the party and uh, even Ellie, he wasn't going for fatal. So you don't have to make death saves. He was doing... So you're not going to die? <laughs> Which is kind of funny. I don't know how to do... I don't think you make death saves if it was uh, subdual. So you just... You're kind of at zero until either combat ends or you're healed. And you just fall the Exactly. Okay. I think Chad's 100% right. You just you just fall unconscious, so you don't need to worry about making death saves. I say, as I see it coming, I say a like one of the worst cuss words you could in in uh, what what fairy speech. I think it's Sylvan. In Sylvan, yeah. Puska. <laughs> Did you say Muska? I said Puska. Puska. F O O S K A. Puska. Copy. Do you mind if I use that word then? Not at all. I was Fusca. asking Chad. He's the one who said it. So. Oh, yeah, good word. Fusca. So it's, not, um, it's not the Mickey Mouse Club, Derek. Wouldn't say Fusca. Miska, uh, Muska, Mickey Mouse. And he no, gets it. Never do that again. That was too. <laughs> that was too right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told that before. That my Mickey Mouse is. That was like, staggering. That was really good. <laughs> Disney's gonna come for us now. Yep come for you they'll at least give you a job we're fucked oh my god <laughs> that was really good in response as you as you say uh is gonna he's gonna respond back in sylvan with the phrase think of a happy thought 
as you go, as you get plinked in the face with this rock that hits you dead center in the eyes, or between the eyes, excuse me. And believe it or not, that's the end of the round. It's the laughing Haragon's turn. So he is able to make another uh, wisdom save at the and end he of his turn. Okay, perfect. Uh, yeah. Okay. After seeing Ellie drop, he goes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, that's right. We're proud of the job. Oh, God. He's still prone. He's no longer laughing. And on his next turn, he'll start to pick himself up. Chess. Yes. Which one uh, attacked Ellie? Uh, it's the one behind the snail. I'm going to move him because he would be like, he would be under full. He would be under full cover. So he's going to be hard to hit. I don't have to hit. All I have to do is see him. Oh, okay. I imagine because it's a giant snail, you don't actually see him. He's kind of like he did his pot shot and then like rolled behind the uh, behind well, if the snail. Going but he's that way about it. Okay, that's perfect. Pedantic snail. You know what? You're right. <laughs> the heron guns now each get a legendary action. Um... <laughs> no, no. That comes later. See, Uh-oh. Derek won't do anything too crazy because he's not forever DM. You keep making that threat like I'm The only not. reason we're not playing my campaign right now is because you said you wanted to finish this one first. It's true, I do. So... And you're going to do whatever you're going to do to Piper. So, and I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do to Chess. So, shut up. <laughs> uh, don't, much, don't much, like, much like your Haragon in the back there needs uh. to reevaluate his life. I'm going to, I'm going to basically, I'm going to vicious mockery him. Copy that. Unleash a string of insults as per the spell, calling him out on attacking a poor and innocent fairy. And then at the very end of the string of insults, I'm going to like, I'm shaking my, uh, my walking stick at him. I'm just like, do you know what we call you or I come from? And should he like, look at me confused, I'm going to say lunch. And that's where all the psychic damage is going to come from. Okay. And what do I need to roll? Another wisdom saving throw. 12. He fails. So 1d4 psychic damage, and you have disadvantage on your next attack roll. Okay. Anything else, sir? I am saving my reaction, so no. Copy. The one, the other one next to Bahamuth, going to make another club attack. A 17. That hits. Take three bludgeoning. Uh, hold on. Which one attracted, uh, attacked Bahamuth? That one? This one right here. Okay. So before it can finish its attack, I use my reactionary spell, Silvery Barbs. Okay. Basically, as it's attacking Bamuth and I call this creature back here at lunch, it gets shaken up enough by the thought of me eating it to basically gain disadvantage on the attack roll that it just made. Okay. Then that's a five. That does not hit. Okay. You do not take and, any damage. And my my good friend Bamuth over here, you are so pleased by this terrible joke that's gone on too long that you get advantage on your next attack roll. Yes. Wow. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. Is it my turn then? Do you believe it is? Uh, Bamuth hears Ellie whisper, revenge, revenge. <laughs> I sense a barbarian multi-class. Uh, Bamuth is again just going to take out the barbell and he's going to like golf club whack the heron gone in front of him. Sure. Advantage really did not help on that. So uh, that just doesn't hit. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, what was it? It was a one and a two. Okay. Unfortunate. But missing that, he's going to flurry of blows. Perfect. And again, continue to pummel this one to the ground, hopefully scaring the shit out of it in the process. Sounds reasonable. 
All right, so that is 16 and a 11. The 16 hits. Awesome. And that is a f- another five damage to the one in front of me. Okay. You're able to pummel it into the ground, almost like Dragon Ball Z style, where you hit it so hard up to like the torso is buried into the mud. And then Bamuth is just going to look at the one that was next to him and just go, you're next, while flexing his muscles. Make me an intimidation check. <laughs> oh, there's the good roll I was looking for. Intimidation. Could I use strength for this one or are we sticking with charisma? Uh, Charisma. Uh, in that case, it is just a flat 18. Which should be more than enough. Actually, that's surprising. It was close. He looks to you and you see him just drop his weapon and he starts to shiver. Nice. Ellie gargles. <laughs> the giant snail continues to stick behind its uh, shell. So that's Lorelai's turn. Go over and do some cure wounds to wake her up. Sounds good. I was going to say, when I wake up, I'll be like, what, what happened? Where am I? Why does my everything hurt? Uh, eight. You get eight hit points. So yeah, I'll do that. And then I'll be like, ew. Because I landed in the mud stuff. I was saying to the rest of like, seriously, like, can we just reconsider? Like, maybe guys just let us pet the snail and you guys can just leave. <laughs> Who are you saying that? Which one are you saying that to? I'm saying that to everyone. I'm kind of looking over, like, as I'm healing or looking at them. Okay. And, like, because you you don't don't want any of this. And then I'm going to have the the cat throw another seed. (laughs) At whom? That one. At whom it may concern. Go ahead and roll the damage. Oh, wait. uh, Roll the attack, I suppose. (laughs) That's one comes first. Thirteen. Just misses. Dang. I'm going to have the cat, like, do the arches back and, like, yeah, but don't ball of fire. <laughs> yeah, close. The Heracon ducks. I need you to make persuasion check at disadvantage to see if these guys will start to listen to you. Six. They seem pretty steadfast. Maybe it's like, maybe it's the fact that three of theirs are down. They're not, they're not taking this route of peace too seriously. Uh, anything else? No, I think that's it. Sounds good move on to that one is unconscious we're down to this guy now he's gonna he's going to peek back out but he's a little scared i need you know what he's gonna he's gonna aim at chess because he's he's the big scary threatening to eat so chess oh buddy you are so lucky because there was a natural 20 on one side and a natural one on the other he's going to go ahead He's going to go ahead and accidentally hit his friend in the back of the head. You just kind of see uh, he fires and he shoots at this one and he stumbles forward. Ah, she hit me for. And you like they have like this quick squabble. Oh, wait, no, he was on. He's on the floor. So he's, he's just kind of chucked. He's going to get up. Now he's going to use half of his movement to get up. Let's see. This guy's going to get up. And that's why he missed. <laughs> Both adorable and scary. Um, he's like, I'm gonna, gonna flip a coin. Heads, he's gonna go after the party. Tails is gonna go and yell at the guy in front of him. And then just make us roll, you know, one through four, and then he'll pick me, and then I'll fall again. Uh, you'd be surprised, hey, 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 because... <laughs> right? He runs up onto his guy, proceeds to spend his turn yelling at him. What'd you hit me for? Side! We gotta get up! We gotta get up! We gotta steal! Chess, it is your turn. Uh, how many... One is out in the open, and two are behind the snail. I believe the one in the open gave up, though, right? Or is he just intimidated? He is intimidated. You don't know what he's going to do next. Okay, but he didn't drop his weapon, is what I mean. He did drop his weapon. Oh, he did. Oh, okay. Yes, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's giving up yet. 
I'm more of meant he's unarmed. Yes. Okay. I want to check something, Derek. Yeah. I want to make an intimidation check, but I want to do it in conjunction with a spell to maybe give me some sort of advantage or bonus to it. What's the spell? Silent image. I'm going to allow it. I'm going to summon a, like, giant, probably as big as the snail above my head. Okay. Uh, a giant, like, demonic cat face that looks like a mesh between me and the displacer beast. And okay. I'm going to yell really loudly, like, like just like, Hi, this is Derek the Dungeon Master. I'm also editing these episodes. Yes, I know that silent image is, in fact, silent. I know this now. I apparently did not know that then. Okay, so I did know it. Let's be real here. In in the moment, I was like, oh, this is a really cool character moment. It's going to be cool. Yay, we should let it go through. I wasn't thinking of the actual rules. So you can go ahead and save yourself the, uh, the finger strength you would need to write, hey, stupid, why was Silent Image a spoken spell? You may continue to listen to the episode. Knowing that I have goofed, I am merely a human who goofs from time to time. No, I'm not always going to fess up to these things, but this one seemed so egregious, I needed to say something. Thank you for listening. Are you doing a Dread Pirate Roberts? Possibly. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Mainly, it's just that, like, Chess is, like, basically, like, Chess sees everything going on, and he just sees these, like, fucking rabbits getting... Sorry for cruising, I know we have to post this. He sees these rabbits get, like, just getting owned and cowering and hitting each other and just being generally, like, a nuisance more than a threat. And he's just like, oh, this is just too much. And he's just like, it's time to end this. And like, he's going to try and just make them all run away. Um, so it's going to be a intimidation check against okay, against against all uh, all four remaining technically combatants. Technically, yes. Okay. All right. Go ahead and make your intimidation check with advantage. 19. Making it easy for me in that you're not. That's a f- fail. 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 They all hear you. You get the sensation that you put on a pretty damn good performance. Though you need to wait for their turn to see if it's fallen on deaf ears or not. Fair enough. Anything else you'd like to do? All right. It's the intimidated Aragon's turn. And he's going to run for it. Uh, you do have a reaction, Bamuth, if you want. Uh, attack of opportunity, because he will be leaving your attack space. Yes. He's going to take the barbell back out, and he's going to whack him on the head, just like he did the first Harangan uh, he came across. Sure. Or attempts to, anyways. That is a 14 to hit. 14 meets. Go ahead and roll damage. Awesome. That is going to be five damage. As if uh, the boot to the ass uh, on the way out the door. This one in particular just runs for dear life out of range as best he can. Bamuth, it's your turn. Bamuth, seeing this Herangon potentially getting away, is going to give chase. So my movement should get me up there because I got my unarmored movement at level two. I'm going to stop you right there because these guys know a little trick with the snail. Uh, since he's only been cowering, they're going to kind of nudge him a little bit to attack as you're like rounding the giant snail. So he's going to make a reaction to slam attack you with a 21. That definitely hits. Take six bludgeoning. All right. And now you can get up under the Haragon who was running. All right. Away. I'm going to whap him again. That is another 14. Go ahead and roll damage. At this, I, I kind of imagine the Benny Hill theme playing here. Just <laughs> exactly that. I mean, that is another five damage. <laughs> Boom. 
and he just deck him across the temple and he he goes limp little floppy rabbit ears hit the ground all right and since i don't have any more key points i'm just gonna unarmed strike this other one and just kind of deck him in the face sure and that is a 17. yep go ahead and roll that damage and that is a lot of fives today. That's another five. Exactly what you needed. So this one goes limp too. You kind of like, yeah, hit him so hard. His head hits the giant snail shell. It just, he just kind of ricochets off of it and goes limp. Bamuth is just going to look at the last one, putting his uh, barbell back on his back and he's going to crack his knuckles and just go like, do you want some too? You feeling lucky, punk? I don't think I have much of a choice. <laughs> Anything else? That, that's all that I can do. All right, Ellie, you're up. I'm going to do the, you know, like Tinkerbell, like mm, kind of thing where she like gets all angry. She's going to go up Thank to you, try and see over the snail. Okay. And shoot at the last guy. All right. What is what is your flight speed? 30. Okay. So, yeah, you have plenty of uh, purchase. I'll go ahead and say you're like th- you're about... 10, 20, 30, whatever you want up in the air. Okay. Uh, 18 hits. Go ahead and roll that damage. Four. Which, again, you guys are hitting exactly where you need to hit. If, if your first one was a toothpick, this is like a tree trunk. Just kind of like hits a nerve that like is perfectly ca- like connected to, to the brain and the brain just goes... Acupuncture. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Grab the wrong arrows the first time. The only thing left is the giant snail. Okay. I have one very important question for everyone. Were you going for lethal? Why did you, you remove Lorelei? For... I'm just curious. Sorry, Lorelei's gone off the turn. Oh, um, I'm assuming. Well, first of all, I'm assuming no harm is coming to the snail. Is that fair to say? Yes. No, I wasn't going to. Okay. Go I ahead. Was gonna and... say that I, I wasn't really planning on doing lethal. I didn't want to brutally murder. Well, one is definitely one is definitely dead, but was like intent since. Only to kind of illustrate, I'm going to go ahead and say that everything was lethal because there is something kind of interesting that happens. Okay, because the guy I shot would have been lethal. I was I was mad. Okay, that's fair. Where is the... I don't think Baumuth would have initially gone for lethal, but once he started getting hit a bunch, he was just like, no. <laughs> I didn't actually, like, end anyone, so... <laughs> that's fair. Um... Your hands are clean. Yeah. So, as soon as I can find this damn thing... Neither did I. My cat did. <laughs> yeah, your cat did all the killing. Let me see what happens. Uh, as combat winds down um, and the snail kind of just begins to just... He, he has no gripe with anyone. He just starts to... The snail wanders away peacefully if nobody's, like, bothering him. Bombus, since you're the one surrounded by the devastation the most, you notice that all the hair gone suddenly stone as i'm kind of looking moments i'm like um um is is this normal i don't think i hit them that hard and at this point bamuth is also a little bit surprised that he was capable of this much murder um a little side note when the last creature dies ellie's gonna basically collide with lorelei and hug her and thank her for saving her life and all that of course no problem so congratulations on your first murder, Hobo. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Why do I not feel good about this? <laughs> okay, perfect. All right. The snail has trudged off. 
and you are surrounded by statues of Haragon corpses in various states of bonked and burnt. Can I, like, examine one of them? Examine the stone and stuff? Uh, sure. Or the nature of it or something? Yeah, go ahead and, uh, you could either roll a nature or, or, can, or arcana. Not my much, though. It's 12. You, you can tell this is definitely something to do with Prismir, where this is definitely not like a naturally occurring rock. This is probably some weird side effect of the world you're in. I'm going to say that kind of goes back to what she normally looks like now that the like fighting has died down. The cat's probably going to be like up on her shoulders. Okay. I'm going to see if I can go through their pockets. Sure. Or if they uh, dropped anything, you know, something like that. It's not stone. The things that were dropped are their slings and clubs. Except the lead one that was saying that this was a robbery, that they are carrying kind of unmiraculous looking jug. I'll uh, pick it up and I'll, uh, I guess uh, I'll be like, eh, look at this thing. As I'm, you know, flying, lifting it up with my eight strength. Sure. It's oddly light, so you're able to kind of lift it without much problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> because of just the sheer mass and you're lifting something. Uh, you're, twice your size but it's like the equivalent of lifting a lot of foam where there's not a lot to it but like it's a little unwieldy okay. uh, ellie is holding a bringing to light a rather unmiraculous looking gourd jug bamuth as he's kind of looking around at like all the stone uh hair and gun is still kind of mortified that you know he He's, he's only ever, like, tried to be a strong man. He's never tried to fight anybody. So he's a little shocked at the situation, but he's going to come over and he's going to sniff the gourd to see if he can figure out what it is using his uh, keen smell. Could you click on that or uh, give me a reminder of what keen smell does? Yes, let me see. Keen smell. Uh, I have advantage on wisdom, uh, perception, survival, and then investigation checks that involve smell. Okay. And you're just going for the investigation check on smell, I, I assume? Yes. Okay, go ahead, roll investigation. That is going to be a 12. You, you give it a good old whiff. And short of, like, the earth it was dropped in, there's not really much to glean. I think it's just a regular gourd. It's no magic? Oh, sorry, hang on. Okay, no magic? As it's, like, crushing into my face, you know, like, when you're holding <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah, you're, she's just, like, pressing it against her cheek. Bamuth will kind of take it from her so it's not smushing into her face, and he's show it to Chess to see if he can do anything with it. Chess will take it. Well, might as well just use the spell. I, I cast Detect Magic on it. And that just remind me, that's just, uh, it tells you that it's uh, magical or not magical and what school it is. It's a magic. Oh, well, first of all, yours, your senses are just like basically on overdrive. You are, you are tasting colors. <laughs> it's, it, there is a faint magical aura to the gourd, though you can't quite determine based on this what that magic is. Okay, so I relay that information like, well, it's semi-magical, at least. I just don't know what it does. Is it can it be opened? There is a little stopper on the top. I had assumed we had taken that out already. You pop it off without much of an issue. Is, and it, filled, we'll, is it filled with anything? Can I tell if it's, like, filled with something? You cannot tell if it's filled with something, because it's empty. Fair enough. Or at least it appears to be. So, okay, yeah, we pop the top off, it appears to be empty. I'm gonna, now that the topper is off of it, I'm gonna ask if Bamuth wouldn't mind giving it another sniff. Maybe he can tell what was inside of it. I will do that, I'll just... <laughs> Give another big whiff. Again, uh, you, you give it a big old whiff. Nothing. I'm not sure. I can't smell anything inside of it. Bamuth, if you let him, kind of takes the gourd again, and he's going to, like, 
put it up to his eye, kind of like tilt it down, see if there's anything inside that he can see. Yeah, sure. You investigate it, you you hold it upside down, kind of jostle it, and like, it seems empty. I'm going to try filling it. I'm going to regret asking this question. With what? Just with the water that's okay. all around <laughs> us. Yeah. Sure. You fill it with mucky swamp water and it retains it. I'm going to try to dump it out. You dump it out. I love it when Bumble. the game introduces things like this, because it just becomes a science experiment until... Bumble kind of shrugs and hands it back to Chess. <laughs> Can any of us make, like, a check to see if we've heard of magical, like, gourds and what they could possibly do? You could roll a history check. <laughs> Two. You've heard of gourds before. Well, while they're trying to figure out the gourd that I'm going to just kind of ponder out loud. Like, I wonder if one of these guys was this prince they were singing about. Also, there was a balloon person... That went down. Maybe maybe we should go the direction because someone might need help. Maybe they'll know what the gourd is. Is there anything I can roll for, like, treasure-wise? Knowing, like, oh, yeah, I've heard of magical gourd being this kind of thing. Or would uh, that be history as well? That would be another history check. I don't have a proficiency in it. I can still do it? Yes. As a DM, I hate limitations. So, like, I don't go with the proficiency-only rule. Okay. You're just a little bit better at something. That's all. Okay. Twelve. There are various magical containers throughout the world. Nothing that kind of fits this description, though. Maybe it's just a fancy jug, and it had something magical in it, and he drank it. Maybe he stole it off someone. Maybe the balloon guy. See Ellie get all, her eyes get all wide. <laughs> Chess is just watching Ellie parkour through logic. Wow, your little your little legs must be tired from jumping to conclusions. <laughs> so I take the I take the seemingly empty jug and like tip it over my mouth as though I'm drinking from it, kind of a, in a uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained type mood right now. <laughs> you kind of like I imagine Chess just has it and just shrugs and then just goes for it, head back, jug up. And like a Looney Tunes. Yeah, pretty much. Mouth open. Yep. And like about the only thing that's hitting Chess's lips is the wind. Tongue gets a little dry. I just kind of look at it and shrug and go, well, this is oddly annoying. And then I like tie it to my belt and I'm just like, let's go deal with this whole balloon thing. Okay. Like I was saying, maybe the balloon man will know what the gourd is. So, Chad, go ahead and add... Javix Gourd to your inventory. And also that it's on your... Uh, just make a mental note of the fact that it's on your waist. Okay, so the the plan is the tower? The plan is wherever the balloon guy fell. Okay. He was headed in a uh, southeasternly direction? More south than east? <laughs> yes, the tower. Okay, the tower. We're going to the tower. So just tell us the tower then, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I just I didn't want to. What's the word I'm looking for? I didn't want to lead you guys. I wanted you guys to be feeling like you had agency. Actually, I want to go to this uh, Mario pipe down here first. Hey, you know what? That's totally fine. But I did it. Ellie's gonna sit on Bamu's shoulder because she's her little wings are tired, and she's trying to clean herself off. Do you think that we should have? killed those rabbit people. I don't know. I don't try to think about it. 
They were mean anyways, and they weren't even real thieves. They were fakers. I guess you're right. I just won't think about it too hard. You're thinking about it too hard. Stop it. I, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just I've never really fought anybody before, and they all turned to stone. I mean, I don't think I hit them that hard. Maybe they weren't even real. Maybe you're right. Maybe they're just figments of our imagination. This is the Feywild, after all. <laughs> What's your kitty's name? Syrah. Or Syrah, however you want to pronounce it. How do you pronounce it? Syrah. As you guys are making your way to the tower, I'm assuming? I um, figure we're following Lorelai, because she's the one who saw where he landed. Okay. That makes my job so much easier. Lorelai, roll me a D8. Sorry to do that to you. <laughs> no, I would assume I'd be in front. Okay. Five? I figured my cat could kind of be, because the, um, the spirit can also, like, fly. So okay. I figured it would go off my shoulder and kind of be flying in front of me, hovering off the ground. Sure. Okay. As you're walking through the muck, you, you get to a certain portion of land where the muck actually becomes a little a little less noticeable. And as you do, five winged mud creatures come flying up from the muck and they all begin to kind of like hover around you, moving kind of sporadically. And one gets up in your face, Lorelei, and goes, We will drag you into the mud. And then flies away. And the other one comes up to you in your face and goes, But we won't if you can tell us our... Food. <laughs> Bamble just freezes and he's like, don't move. <laughs> I, I heard that they can't see us if you don't move. Ellie freezes. <laughs> or actually, Ellie's going to stealth inside his fur. Oh. We should have taken a short rest. We really should have. Yeah. <laughs> she ain't got no more spells. <laughs> can I make like a check to see if I can tell what kind of creatures these things are? Go ahead and make a nature check. 16. While it's unclear precisely, one thing is definitely clear. They are dripping and probably made of mud. Um. <laughs> does, does does mud what eat else? things? Why would mud like to eat? More mud? Us? Okay. I have to ask a general question, or was that Bahamuth making an actual guess? Bahamuth was just asking, like, a general, like, like making a suggestion not necessarily okay. answering. He's kind of letting Lorelai be the one to give the definitive answer. Okay. Yeah, because I eventually oh, same like, with me. around and kind of like huddled, like kind of turned to them and like hushed, like what? What does mud eat? <laughs> like a hushed conversation between them. I will say that Bamuth is still frozen in place as he says this. <laughs> okay. I kind of want to ask them like what the rules of this game are. They kind of all just surround you. They're flying at your uh, at your face level. It's just like the rules are simple. Answer the question. And they just then they can, they disperse again. Can we ask questions? It, it gets up in your face and puts a finger to his chin and like you could without even like rolling an insight check, you can tell that he's actually giving it very deep contemplative thought. And he just goes, no. <laughs> well, what kind of food do you think we eat? Do you know what kind of food you like, or are you just looking for suggestions for dinner? 
Yes, we know what food we like. <laughs> Why are you asking questions when we want answers? But do you all like the same food, or is like him? <laughs> I like. I look very seriously at Lorelai, and I'm just like, if we just kept walking, do you think they'd attack us? Like, what if they only attack us if we get the question wrong? Like, what if we just ignore that and keep going? Do you... I mean, and we I just keep promising to answer the question. Did <laughs> say something about they'll drag us to the mud unless we can tell them what they. What food they like, so... Yeah, but they said that there are no rules, right? Only that we answer? So what if we... What if we just, like, tell them that we'll answer later? Like, we will answer, we just won't do it right now, like... Is this Chess saying it out loud? Chess is whispering it to Lorelai. Like, he, he is definitely trying to figure out a way out of this scenario. Where they clearly have no idea what the fucking answer to this question is going to be. <laughs> One is gonna swoop in and be like, I heard that! Just give us the answer! Natural 20. Hmm, hmm, convenient. Hmm, hmm. Hmm, hmm. Notice how Derek's not using the dice roller. Hmm. I actually am. I just have it set to DM. Mm -hmm. What will happen if you drag us into the mud? That's a question again! <laughs> but you haven't been answering any of them. And you haven't answered our single question! <laughs> yeah, but your question's very unfair. How are we supposed to know that? Will you let us kill one of you and we can dissect your bodies and see what's inside and then we'll be able to tell the rest of it what you like? I think that's fair. Fine, fine. They all kind of like gather around and have a brief session of Congress. And they like every once in a while, you'll see them like look over their shoulders at you. And then back to whispering. Can I perception check? Sure. Um, I'll give you advantage because I imagine that everybody else is also listening in. Yes. Yeah, I kind of think. Go ahead and uh, listen with advantage. 15. 15. Actually curious. What language do you guys speak? Oh, well, they, they speak common anyway. You kind of hear them like, this is a situation that has never occurred before. Normally people just answer the question. So like, they're kind of deciding like, what do we, what do we do? I don't quite understand. Why is this happening? They're asking, the, they're asking like the general questions until eventually they break, they break apart and come to the conclusion that. I'm fine. You can each ask one question. What kind of food do you like? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> oh my god. If you didn't, I was going to, so good job. <laughs> Not that question. Look, the authors made this really hard on the DM, okay? Alright, so, Derek, as a DM, how do you want us to do this? Do you want us to each individually ask a question without the others hearing about it, only knowing what the other people in front of them ask. So basically, do you want us to talk about what our questions are going to be, our five, four questions, or do you want us just to each ask a question as we learn the answers for the questions ahead of us? Okay, so I imagine that you guys would be, you guys would hear the questions asked, but I think, take a, take a minute to figure out what your question is going to be, then ask the party if anybody has any double questions so that way it, like nobody's asking the same question twice because that that would kind of suck and then Lorelai will have the the fight will be the one to deliver the answer does that sound fair sure so we do get yeah. to we do get to talk about our questions then absolutely yes okay no pressure <laughs> and Lorelai you you obviously get to make your own question as well but you will be the you will be the one to answer 
that while not count my question? It won't it won't count as your question, no. While this is going on, you said that they're kind of like buzzing up like in front of us occasionally, right? Yeah, they're just flying around. If one gets close enough, could I use my keen smell to try to sniff out what they last ate? Sure. If it's using, like yeah, using like a nature check cuz like, you would be perception survival whatever whatever's clever survival i think would be the best bet okay so that is a 19 on my survival check okay it's really like because these things are like perpetually dripping it's kind of hard to suss out like crumbs or anything on their face so that kind of makes it really hard Honestly, because you're surrounded in it and they are covered in it, like all you can really catch is mud. And I feel like Chad was going to ask a question to use cleverly a spell. Uh, no, I I don't have any spells except for camp okay. left, and neither of those are uh, particularly helpful at this point in time. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say what we want our questions to be. We we'll probably start talking about that. I was thinking a very basic one would be animal, vegetable, or mineral. I think that is a good question. That is a good one. I tried to sniff out um, any food that they ate, but all that I got was mud, so they may, in fact, just be eating more mud. Definitely we, can ask them, we can ask them if they eat mud. Would that be part of the questions, or would that be the question? I don't, I don't think that would be our guess. Yeah, our guess. There we go. Derek, can I, can we, like, can I survey the area real quick and just see if there's anything, like around here aside from mud for them to eat? Like, do they just look like they just sit in the mud until people wander by, or do they actually look like there's something around here they have to be eating? Sure. Uh, go ahead and make a nature check to look for, like, a source of food. Sure. Uh, one second. Nine. It's something you heard from when you were on the Queen's, uh, Queen's Road, or the Queen's Causeway. You hear perpetually the singing of frogs nearby. There are buzzing insects. And again, mud. Everywhere. There's a water source nearby, so maybe there's, like, fish. So that could be our second question. Like, if the first one would be animal, vegetable, mineral, then going off of that, we could try and break it down even further. So if they say animal, like, aquatic... Where do they eat their food? Or where do they find their food? That might be even better. Yeah. Where do they find their favorite food? That would be a good one, too. Yeah. So we have... Is it an animal, plant, or mineral? We have where can where do they find their favorite food? We have two more questions we can ask. I think they'll just depend on what the answer to the first two are. Yeah, yeah. Can we ask those first two first, Absolutely. and then have time to consider? Sure, but it has to come from one of you. Each question. So I'll ask the animal, vegetable, or mineral question. Okay. This one will fly up to you, and I'll go mineral, and then uh, fly back. Bamuth will chir- chirp up and ask the second question. Um, where do you find your favorite food? This one will fly up to you. Here, there, and everywhere! Fly back. I kind of whisper to you guys, like, it's it's definitely mud. <laughs> Feeling pretty confident on this one. <laughs> Why would they live in what they eat? Bamboo kind of shrugs. It's it's the Fate Wild. I don't understand anything here. That's true. We could ask if they live in it or sleep in it. Do you sleep in your favorite food? Or ask if they're made of it, like, or they're covered in it? That could work too, yeah. We could ask them how they make their favorite food, or how it's made. Not necessarily how they make it, but just how 
generally it's created. So I'm, I'm wondering if everyone's else thinking. I'm thinking this feels like a very weird version of the Riddle game. Also, that Derek must be really bored just moving those things around. No, no, it's I'm I'm trying to give it like a sense of like they're buzzing around, almost well, like a soft intimidation. I think either of those questions would be good to ask. Well, the next questions are Lorelai's and Ellie's, so you guys get final say on what you think they should be. Um, I was gonna ask them. Um, well, this is a question to the group. Should I ask them if if they live in their favorite food? I think that's or, a good if one. We're, if we're trying, or can... hang hang out. In case they're gonna take live like literally and they're not alive. I was gonna say if we're if we're trying to confirm whether or not it's mud, we might just want to say, are we standing in it right now? Oh, well, that's true. Seems not giving them too much freedom to uh, be tricky, like here, there, and everywhere. He says while staring at the DM. You okay with that, then, Kaylin? Me asking that one. Yeah, I'm going to point at Chess. I'm gonna say, is he standing in your favorite food? And one will fly up to you, get a buzz up in your face. Where's a bush so you can beat around it? <laughs> I'm, yeah, right. I, no, I'm, I'm trying to give you the correct information. So, like, once I give you the answer, or if I have to give you the answer, or you guys figure it out, you'll understand why I was so hesitant. But what they're going to say is, "It's a major ingredient, yes." Oh, mud pies. I was also thinking mud pies. <laughs> That's what I was thinking a while back too. It's like. <laughs> Do you want to give it a try? We get one more. We okay. should ask if it's. We should ask if it's a pie. Do you want that to be my question? Does it rhyme with dead sky? Do you think that's a good last question that I'd say? Go for it. <laughs> Is it a type of pie? This one buzzes up in your face. Yes. I think we all just kind of look at each other and like nod, like okay. <laughs> so is that the answer you guys want me to give? <laughs> Mud pies, yes. Yeah. Pretty sure it's mud pies. Your favorite food is mud pies. You see them all look to each other, look back to you with a giant grin, and then immediately go, and then just fly and just uh, plummet into the mud. Wait, what did they say? <laughs> they said, "Oh no!" and then just plummeted into the pie, or into into the uh, into the mud. The answer was mud pie. Yay! Teamwork! Bomb with kind of collapse. <laughs> this big, doofy, uh, flat hands. <laughs> we did it! Speaking of that, I'm hungry. So Ellie's gonna go rummaging through her little bag and take out some food. Start eating it. Okay. I like this. I, my favorite part of this entire event was just that we annoyed the monsters so much, Derek had to think of rules for us. Technically, there were the rules were already written, but like I was trying to make them stupid. Let's try to give them a little bit of a personality. All right, we're getting kind of close to time, so let's go ahead and uh, we'll call it here. And then next session, we'll figure out what the hell's going on with the uh, the tower. Sure thing. Wait. This was the vibe check, a Fey Wild adventure. The story was voiced by Chad as Chess Ian as Bamuth, Christy as Ellie, Caitlin as Lorelai, and I am your dungeon master, Derek. If you can, please support the cast. Caitlin is a singer in the band Siren Valley. Siren Valley can be listened to on all major streaming platforms. That's S-I-R-E-N-V-A-L-L-E-Y. Most of, if not all, of the art is provided by Ian. 
You can find Ian at Steamed Iguana, all one word, on YouTube and Instagram. That's S-T-E-A-M-E-D-I-G-U-A-N-A. The music brought to you in part by Sirenscape. Visit Sirenscape.com for a staggering collection of module-specific soundscapes, moods, and sound effects. That's S-Y-R-I-N-S-C-A-P-E.com and monumentstudios.net for thousands of copyright-free, high-quality tracks to fit your fantasy, horror, cinematic moods, as well as Foley sounds, magic sounds, and much, much more. That's M-O-N-U-M-E-N-T-S-T-U-D-I-O-S dot net. These are not paid endorsements in any way, we just really love what they do. The Wild Beyond the Witchlight, a Fae Wild Adventure, was written for Wizards of the Coast and is owned by Hasbro Incorporated. All rights reserved. Please support the official game. You will not regret it.